Yo, what up, though? This is Esham, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. Yo, what up, though, man? This is Big Greg, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. This is Premier Pete, and you're rocking with the Connected Experience. Cheers. Oh, yeah, this is Jake Prince coming at you live and in living color, and you're rocking with the Connect Experience. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's comedian TK Kirkland, a.k.a. T to the motherfucking K. And when I'm in Detroit, you already know what it is. I listen to the Connected Experience. You should, too. Connected. I'm SJ. I'm AJ. And we the Connected Experience. Bro, what's the Connected Experience? It's a lifestyle, the lifestyle, our lifestyle. lifestyle. How that how that lifestyle been treating you? Yeah, man, you know, it's it's always good to me when we get to A sit with people who we find interesting and B introduce those people who we think interesting to our audience. So it it can't not work out. Yeah. yeah, the lifestyle has been good to me. Uh, I can't complain. I'm meeting a lot of people, yeah. connecting with a lot of people, watching a lot of people actually do what they say and they go do. Oh, that's Bro, my favorite thing. That's, that's favorite yeah, thing. like when we ask somebody what they up to, what they, and then they actually do what they said they was up to. Yeah. So you got a book or a word. I got a term, man. My term is barrier. Anything built or serving to uh, bar passage as a railing, a fence, or the like of any natural bar or obstacle. You got a book? I actually got a book, and I haven't read this book, but I'm hoping that uh, I to get a copy of this book and the book is actually living for the sacrifice and okay. that's by mr bmb and the reason your word was barrier and the reason i picked that book because uh just following his brother uh his career wise and everything he got going on he overcame a lot of barriers and obstacles yeah. Yeah. and i would hope that he was sharing those stories in that book i tried to find a book everywhere i couldn't find a book so, so uh, is that good or bad that it sold out i mean that's good that it sold out it's bad that i didn't get a copy okay. you know what i said okay. so that worked both ways but uh today we got sitting with us on the connected experience uh mr bmb could you introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are all right i'm mr bmb also known as boy Maurice brown that's where bmb come from okay. but the acronym for it is breaking major barriers like they just spoke of yeah so we've seen uh interviews there's not a lot of you on the line as far as interviews uh we actually avid readers so that's why we've been trying to get the book for since it came out since it came out so uh amazon ain't be able to get it it when i looked on amazon it wasn't on there it ain't even come up i mean to be honest with you you know what i'm saying yeah so i'm gonna make sure i'm gonna make sure to get it uh because normally when we have people who write books or whatever we bring them in and we get them to sign it because it's it's always keepsakes it's something if i would have known that i would have brought something yeah yeah so (laughs) what we do bro uh with the connected experience is we do uh we do a show, but then inside that show, we do a show called Life After Felonies, right? Mm-hmm. And we bring on people who lived one life and then, like, turned it around and lived another life and was able to be successful in a Life After Felonies. This is a Life After Felonies, right? This will uh, be part six. So we had people on who actually went on to be college professors and stuff like that. So with that being said, we, we appreciate your time for one. You know what I'm saying? And we just, we want to get into your story about, because you you big in the music industry. Like, I just was looking and I was like, yo, this is a major record label that's in the city of Detroit. And what I mean by major is like, uh, we do a lot, a lot of behind the scenes work. And like, for the last six years, like, yo, label name has popped up. <laughs> like, this a B&B artist when artists was going on tours, because we got some comrades of uh, like half, you know, have oh, yeah. 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 like that's our homie, that's our uh, ally also. And we noticed that it's a BMB artist on this tour, right. or we'd be on the call and have an artist on the call, and it's a BMB artist on this call. And this is right in the city of Detroit. And you grew up in the city of Detroit, so talk about growing up a little bit in the city of Detroit. 
Man, I guess it's just like growing up in any other city. You know what I'm saying? It has its good, it has its bad. But most of all, you know, it's, it's made me who I am today. Yeah. You know, um, I grew up in the South, I guess I can say West Side, because it's really not South Southwest, but like everybody would know Big Meech and T from. Right, it's always the beginning of the Southwest. Yeah, like living always in one area, Number Street. Yeah, and what, and what, uh, <laughs> what time period is this that you are uh, actually growing up? Um, I would say from... When I when I started making my bones, I want to say from like eighty eight on. Eighty eight on. Now, it was uh, I watched some previous interviews, and you say that your your father and your uncles was major, so you kind of had it easy in the neighborhood, so yeah. to speak. You yeah, know pretty what I'm much, pretty much. You know, um, my family is real big in our neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Very, very respected. And my father is just notorious. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Like, period. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, and that gave me somewhat of a passage, but even though it gave me a passage, y'all know the city of Detroit, you know what I'm saying? They don't respect nothing if it ain't you. Right, right. But when did you know, like, at what age were you when you knew, like, yo, they somebody out here? Like, what what, what moment did it set in that you was like, okay, like, these are some major players in whatever game they was in? Probably when I was, like, 19, when I very first started getting off into the streets kind of tough. And it was a situation where I literally was getting robbed. Yeah. And as I was getting robbed, somebody was walking by. Y'all know that's Fonzo's son. Yeah, yeah. That nigga gave my shit back and walked <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So he took the loss. He took the loss. Like, don't tell your daddy, man. Yeah, yeah, the whole nine yards. So, right. You know, that's when I, that's when I became conscious. Like, okay, so he's got to be somewhat the truth. Yeah. So, so, you know I mean? so knowing that and seeing that effect, because like, essentially, like. Like we just said, he took the loss. Like, mm -hmm. how did you move forward with that type of, uh, that's power. Mm -hmm. How did you move forward as a 19-year-old knowing that your father's name possessed that type of power that a guy would stop robbing you and buy you something to eat? How did you utilize that? Um, I, I, I really didn't utilize it, you know what I'm saying, at all. You know, most people, like, would probably... Um, tried to use that to their benefit, but yeah. you know, I like my path was still somewhat different because like I said, he was notorious for the pistol game, you know, and, and, and he was a notorious hitman, you know what I mean? So right. I didn't want to go down that path. So <clears throat> by me, you know, choosing another path, I wasn't able to really embrace or fully, you know, monopolize off of just that, right. you know right. what I'm saying? Cause they raised me to be different, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So with me being different, um, I took more of a, I guess I can say a positive, constructive, Approach to yeah, what you was doing. Approach yeah. to what I was doing, you know what I'm saying, versus that. Um, and um in all honesty, and, and that approach that I took, it's only the neighborhood who really knew me. Yeah. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Who really knew that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. So and then I went and the approach I took, it took me worldly. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was living I was in other countries at nineteen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it wouldn't have helped anyway where I was. <laughs> where he was yeah, at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It was just local. Right, right. Because mm -hmm. it wasn't like he was there doing it. He, yeah. was, he was in this area. Exactly. So, uh, you say you really jumped in the game when you was like 19. You was actually a college student, and all you, you really cared about was making $10 a day, and then that just turned into something else. Like, the, the whole $10 a day thing, like, what could you get for $10 a day at this time? 
Well, for me, you know what I'm saying, by my college only being on Grand River and Greenfield, which is like roughly like three, four miles away from where I was living at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That'd give me $3 worth of gas and give me there and back and give yeah. me some lunch. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when it's time for my break at school. So that's all I cared about to be able to complete school. You yeah. know what I mean? And it just catapulted in me having the ideologist one ten dollars a day when I started to transition off over into the streets to try to get the money because my parents was mad because I didn't go to the college that they wanted me to go to. Right. Um, again, I started off with eight ball. You know, they, 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 my man gave it to me for hundred dollars, yeah, and I was just wanted one ten. I just wanted <laughs> to get the school and back. Yeah, right. yeah. I didn't know that people cut three, four hundred dollars off of eight ball. You know what I mean? So I cut one ten. <laughs> right, you know yeah. what I'm saying? My rocks is bigger than the whole neighborhoods, and before you know it, right. before it's even time for me to go to school, I end up selling five or six eight balls. So I yeah. got fifty or sixty dollars. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, I'm like, okay, I'm cool for the whole week. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't know that when I came home from school, that it'd be people there waiting on me to still buy more drugs because yeah. I had the biggest rock. Yeah. Right, right. So <laughs> what were you actually going to school for? What did you go to business administration? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because even in high school, I placed it fifth. In nationals for uh, in decorative Detroit Education Club of America for entrepreneurship. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I always had that gift. Yeah, you know what I'm saying to be an entrepreneur. You know? Yeah. So at this time, you said about '88, around '88, '89, right? Mm-hmm. So you see in the neighborhood, not just your neighborhood, but the streets is taking a drastic change. And it's this new thing, and you were already involved in it because uh, we always talk about like how that we still reap the effects of that era. Right. right. If mm-hmm. it's if, if it's by just the the way the younger adults are, because their parents was hooked on drugs, because nobody knew what this would do, right. like how you would get hooked. Mm-hmm. So, but you always kind of had a foresight because you always kind of been in the music. Like, what attracted you to music as one of your entrepreneurial ventures? Well, honestly, I'm I'm not in the music. Yeah, I'm in the people. Okay, okay. You know what I'm okay. saying? And at that particular time, I had a very good friend of mine. His name was Click. Yeah. And he was uh, promoting and producing Trick Trick. Yeah. Right. You know, and um, from me having a love for Click, you know what I'm saying? I partnered with him to help further, you know what I'm saying, his dream, which was music. And that was Click Boom Records. Right? Which was Click Boom Records. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, they had a hit too. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Uh, what? What was it? Shake that, make that. That was about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that that was on. uh, That was when Trick and Proof was on the cover of the album, and Proof had the shotgun. And that was a Goon Squad album. They was on the cover of together. I think was that on Click Boom Records too? I don't know, but I remember that that album cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so then that. So then when Click passed, me and Trick had formed a a great relationship, and because of the love and admiration that I had of you know him, his man, and you know his talent, you know I attached myself to him and we furthered that you yeah. know <clears throat> and um we changed it over to for show records and you know, before you know it i ended up having a situation have to go away to uh, to prison and came back and started bnb records but for the most part it was my love for trick that got me off it to music right so let's talk about that so you had uh, a few indictments 91 96 and 99 which actually led to a conviction mm-hmm. but while you were in prison I heard you tell an interesting story how did you uh, you defused the race riot and I don't think people know how big the race relations is in prison if you've never been like you know they might see some movies they might say blood in blood out or some mm-hmm. shit like that but like explain how the race actually the race relations in prison actually control what happens on oh, the streets yeah. oh man it's, it, it, it controls it probably 200 yeah. percent you know um, and actually everything is really controlled from the prison more so than it is the streets right. you know what I'm saying you can have if you got power in prison you got power in the streets right you know what I'm saying um, <clears throat> but that particular situation 
we had a guy, you know, from my area <clears throat> that was getting drugs from the Mexicans. Right. You know what I'm saying? But he never wanted to pay. You know, so the Mexican kept asking him, you know what I'm saying, what's up with his money, what's up with his money. Not, not to cut you off, when you say getting drugs, was he using these drugs or was now, he selling them? He was drugs? supposed to have been selling them. Okay. You know what I'm saying? He was supposed to have been selling them. Now, if he used, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But his, he was supposed to be selling right, them. Right. You know, so um, when, you know, he didn't want to pay and the guy kept pressing him, he turned the situation around like, you know, like. The, you know, like they trying to get on him because he's black. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and. It turned into a big old thing, so I was cool with one of the top Mexicans in my unit, which okay. pretty much ran, you know what I'm saying, that area, and he was part of the Texas Syndicate. Yeah. You know what I'm so saying? So this is federal prison. This is federal prison. Okay. Yeah. You know what now, I'm saying? Now, when you go to and that's federal a, that's prison. That's another thing, too, man. You know what kills me, man? You know, we, as people, you know, we grew up in the streets hustling, and we'd be saying, man, if I just had a connect, man, I'd be on but then, and then we get to prison, and then we meet all these masculine, all these other people who is the connect. Right. And y'all want to beat the motherfucker up over a microwave. Yeah. Right, right. So, <laughs> yeah, so you just turned in your connect into your enemy, which is. And yeah. then you go to prison and also hang with the same niggas from the block. Like, you're going to see these niggas. You've been seeing these niggas. You right. know what I'm saying? This this is your opportunity to. You to know, network yeah. in politics. You know what I'm saying? With, so, with that being said, like, that actually, like, gave me, like, some insight to how you may think, right? Mm hmm. Because that's like next level thinking. I'm in prison. Mm -hmm. I know what everybody say they want. It's right here. I'm not hanging with the niggas I already know. I'm getting to know these people because I'm going to get out of prison. And these people can open some doors for me. Whatever that may be. I mean, people meet people who open doors for them. Music, business, all type of stuff. And this is federal prison. And so this, is, you, this is federal prison at a time where federal prison meant you was among the smart, not the gun. Like now elite. federal prison is mm -hmm. nigga 19 in jail for 20 years because he got a gun case. Like this mm -hmm. ain't the same federal prison just to put it in the aspect for the listeners because now when you hear federal prison, it ain't as what it used to be. Exactly. So you say you were cool with the Mexican when you get there, like, how do you forge this relationship? Did he already know who you were by no, this time? It wasn't, or? it wasn't that. It was just the way I carried myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? And me being um, conscious, just paying attention to And I've always been I always been living for the sacrifice. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if I see something that's needed, I'll provide it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And he yeah. couldn't speak a lick of English, and I couldn't speak a lick of Spanish. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? But we communicated greatly, you know what I'm saying, amongst just energy. You know what I mean? So yeah. with that being said, we formed a great relationship, you know, and he introduced me to... You know what I'm saying? His uh, his friends. You know yeah, what I'm saying right. from other places, and some of them was Colombian. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and they they gained a high respect for me, especially right. after that one particular race war. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because what, what people don't understand, like <clears throat> we go there, we really don't want a war. Right. But for pride, we don't have no choice but to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But <clears throat> in those situations, that that joint was so sweet, man. Everybody was making money. Everybody was living. I didn't well, make. I, 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 didn't, I didn't make two babies in the motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. right. Yeah. right. So why mess this yeah, up? Why you know mess this up for everybody? But, yeah. but 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 how I am though, like I know, like because I'm situated, they can send me anywhere and I still be cool. Yeah. Right, but, but everybody ain't like but that. everybody not situated like that. So now here we go. We got a guy just because he wouldn't pay his ticket. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? It's gonna get two, three hundred people that's situated and happy and you know close to home finna get relocated because he don't want to pay his ticket. Yeah. So when the, when the amigo came and told me the situation, you know what I'm saying? I said, hold on, I'm, I'm gonna get to the bottom of it. So what I did was he he was a part of a game. 
You know what I'm saying? I went to the to the head of the gang members. You know what I'm saying? I said, "What is your bylaws?" You know, what I'm, you know what I'm He was just telling me his bylaws. You know what I'm saying? So, so, I, so I asked him, "Are you allowed to, you know what I'm saying, do business with somebody and not pay them?" Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Because instead of telling them the situation, you want to know I everything yeah, correct first. Yeah, you know what I'm thinking? So you can, when you hit him with the situation, he, he, he has to tell yeah, the truth. He, yeah, he got to support his <laughs> yeah. own law. You know right. what I mean? So so um, he was like, oh, hell no. You know what I'm saying? That, that is his, and and it, 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 he said it hurts him for people to think that gang is anything other than a business. Yeah. Right, right, because that's exactly what it is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And if for somebody to do business and turn business bad, you know what I'm saying? It puts a bad taste in his mouth to a point where he wants to kill. Right, because you know I'm representing this too, and I'm representing it right up under this flag or logo or whatever. Mm -hmm. And when you ain't representing it right, you make us all look bad. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. So the actual diffusing of it, like, did you, what you set these two individuals down? Yeah, yeah so after I did that, um, I told them the situation. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I said, okay, somebody that's part of your part of your group. You know what I'm saying? Is has has gotten some, you know what I'm saying? Drugs from you know what I'm saying? My paisano, and by him instead of him paying, he created a whole disturbance, which you're probably gearing up now to handle. To handle. Well, what you think you handle? Yeah, yeah. But you're actually going for yeah. The wrong so reason. I just yeah. So I just want you to know. You know what I'm saying? This is what it really is. Yeah. But this is what I'm prepared to do. I'm prepared to pay the ticket. Yeah. And I'm gonna lock up with dude myself. To where it's only me and him. Yeah, right, right. He owed a debt. Yeah, because he owed a debt. So now I, I just have sacrificed myself to where it's only me and him get transferred versus Everybody. all of y'all. Right. Because y'all don't know what the fuck is going on, truthfully. You right, y'all about to go to war on yeah. false precincts. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And it's some petty shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? some real petty shit. So he was like, man, you got to be bullshit. I'm like, yeah, that's what it is. So he called a meeting. They called a meeting. You know what I'm saying? Brought dude. You know what I'm saying? And got to the bottom of the situation. And they punished dude, and dude ended up going to shoot his motherfucking self. Right. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? So from that situation, my respect for... It grew on both sides. Hell yeah, because nobody really wants to 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 to, to really do this. Right. You know, especially, I'm talking about, the joint was sweet, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I swear yeah. to God, the joint was sweet. So nobody really wants to do this. So, and, and, and it became crazy, because I ended up being a confidant in somewhere to the whole joint now. Right, right. It you know what I'm saying? Because it's a him. problem they coming yeah. to me because I'm willing to sacrifice myself for, you know what I'm saying? The, the better man. The, yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? If I'm going to save 300 people, man, you know what I mean? This is good. So, where, where do you get that type of uh, moral compass from? Like, who put that type of moral compass in you? Because, I mean, even in the game, uh, even in the game, some people just think it's just savagery and mm -hmm. nigga this is what we do when one thing not directly related to the other until yeah. like make it mm -hmm. like yeah, uh, violence is not directly related to drug dealing until it's a violence with it violent, right? violent but mm -hmm. the romanticism of violence and drug dealing go together like violence is not directly violence and gangster is not related right those two things have actually nothing to do with each other overall but when you hear oh he gangster the first thing people think is something violent when right. those two things don't even go together when actually the fuse in a gang war is more gangster you know in a, in, a, in a federal facility is more gangster you couldn't have shot your way out of that right. you feel what i'm saying mm -hmm. it came out with the same respect so you had to get this somebody instilled these kind of morals and stuff in you who would you say that would have been it's my father you yeah. know what I'm saying? And believe it or not, you know, almost all of his homicides was in in the betterment of protecting something. Yeah. Right. Or somebody. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he um he really moved off a of purpose. If it if it didn't have no no righteous per uh, purpose and you know, protecting something, he really wouldn't do it until he until he had to have, happened to have it. 
Yeah. Right. Then, he, then, then his habit drove him to just, I need that. I yeah, need to do you know my habit so I do what I'm good yeah. at. Exactly. You feel what I'm you saying? You know what I'm saying? It would have been no different if he was a bank robber. Once he had to fuel that habit, I'm going to hit as many banks but, as I can. And, and you know something that's crazy, but still, yeah, he would only go to the people who've already sacrificed himself for to aid his habit. Yeah. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't already sacrifice myself for you. All I'm asking for is a rock. Yeah. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes the situation didn't turn bad for the boy because he didn't, didn't do it. Now, <laughs> you being in the game and you saying your father developed a habit, like how did that how did that affect you mentally? Because he showed you all these morals and stuff yeah. to move on. Mm-hmm. And then now, like, you becoming his, uh, overall, his number one enemy. He's addicted to your... No, nah, he, he never was my enemy because... No, I'm, I'm not saying yeah, him I, in general. Yeah, I got you. I got you just because of his, his habit. But this... What it what that showed me was because he's always done he's always you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Was that people are people. Yeah. Right, right. You know, regardless of the situation. And because he can he can go from snorting to heroin to to blowing cocaine and if you disrespect him to kill it. Yeah, right, right. You know what I'm saying? So it just taught me to respect everybody, everybody. as a person. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that took me a long way in the neighborhood from when I did start hustling and selling rocks because I treated them as actual people. people yeah. I didn't treat them as crackheads. I it was people that use drugs. And a lot of people who I hear that say they went far in the game adapted that same mentality. <clears throat> uh, uh, I was reading a book or something and like he said just because somebody smoked crack he didn't disrespect him. He said he would see other people who sold drugs, spit on them, disrespect them. He said he wouldn't do that. He would do stuff like, okay, they short on their rent, he would pay the rent. Because even though they got to have it, they still got kids, they got to live there, and they still people. So like anybody who I notice who go far in the game, and what I mean by far is like to them heights, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like they, they say like it's just a respect, yeah. a respect. Like when you just happen to smoke crack, I, I'm addicted to getting money. Mm-hmm. I might have a habit of buying jewelry. The, the the jewelry store man look at me the same as I look at adult fit. Right. You just defend you. Every time you make something, you come and spend it with me. Mm-hmm. So it's just no different. It's just your know, basically drug of choice. So you do the time in jail, and then you you come home. Like what's your? Cause I, you sound like somebody who planned. What was your plan while you was in there when you came home? Like I'm gonna hit the streets running. Yeah. Well, when I was in there. Um, I had a friend that had uh, great connections or was part of Girls Gone Wild. Okay. He was trying to get me to um, become an investor in that at one point. You know what I'm saying? So when he came to visit me um, and talked about it, I, I think I, I, it was a great idea, but I just ain't have nobody to facilitate it because really all at that point, at that time, all I really trusted was my wife. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and if I put her on it, then that's going to take her away from me. So I was yeah. like, you know what, I'm going to have to let that pass. But during that time, I, all I can think about was girls going wild. Like, how can I make it better? Right. right. You know what I'm saying? So from prison, I had my wife buy her property, and I gutted it out. And I put cameras all throughout the house. And I, I turned it into a 24 hours a day, seven days a week, internet, and tried to reality news. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, what, 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 what years are you in prison? I'm, I'm, and how long I'm in prison you from 2001 to 2010. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I did roughly nine and three quarter years. Right. And this is all federal. All federal on a 188 month sentence. You know what I'm saying? Then they came out with the crack law and they took 40 months off my sentence. And then they took 13 months off my sentence from the first conspiracy that I beat. Okay. On Speedy Trial, which is in the law books, U.S. versus Brian Brown. Um, And I went to trial on this one and blew trial. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And they gave me 180, gave me the top of what I can get on the guidelines. 
Right. Plus they're handsome as fuck. For the good. Is it, well, so since <coughs> well, people about the federal guidelines, since you had, you think they gave you the top of that because you had beat them previously and they just oh, yeah, was upset. He said that because he said he made the law book. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's that's yeah, that's precedent. That, that might even be in the in the in the paper. He even said that he think I'm a parasite. You know what I'm saying? He feel like I didn't use the law to get away with. Extra extra crimes, you know what I'm saying? He feel like I should be put away for life, you know what I'm saying? He said all of those things. And did that did the things that he said during that time did that help you in appeal at any or? I never was granted an appeal, man. Oh, so like like I swear to God, I was never granted an appeal. Yeah, right. Because the the judge saying shit like that would actually seem like it's grounds for yeah. an appeal. Yeah, like, yeah. You, know, you know, your first appeal is 2255, which goes to the actual judge. Yeah. Right. He wasn't buying. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. He's so saying that he got to yeah. say. Yeah, I'm yeah. just locked in, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, so the only the only action I did get was the crack law, and that was something that he couldn't get away because the two guys that did testify against me at trial said that they got what they got from me and cooked it up in the crack. Yeah. So this is the only way I get action from the crack law, right? Because you didn't actually sell crack, right? So okay, so. You thinking girls going wild, you gut the house, and you put the cameras in there, and how is this business venture working out for you at the time? (laughs) Honestly, so when I came home, um, that's what I immediately started. And then I immediately started the music part of it, you know. And so when I actually got the place up and running, I had a guy that I was using for the, the, the technical part of it. You know, he really didn't have the brain savvy or the, the, the knowledge to actually create it, but he had more than me. Yeah. Right. And by me being loyal to him, you know what I'm saying? I allow the the, the, the height of the company to only go with what he can create. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or what right. he can do what's inside him. Right. So, so it's that barrier stopped it. That barrier stopped it. Because I brought some people from California that already had a porn site that was popping. And I just wanted him to unite with these people because they was going to grandfather me in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But his selfishness, his insecurity, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And my loyalty didn't allow that to happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when we took off, my system was crashing two hours, three hours. All because he wanted to be selfish and not, yeah. not say, hey, I don't even know how to do this for real. You might, which... He should have because you were so loyal to him. He yeah. could have returned that loyalty. Like, you know what, man? I'm not the right guy for this. Right. I can oversee it. Let them do their thing. And that, exactly. Because if they were the grandfather to me, and I'd immediately attach to their server, yeah. right. which is able to handle the bandwidth. You know what's about the long, 24-hour internet access. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, you know. So again, I couldn't handle the I couldn't handle the the, the, the energy of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I put it back up. I got it up to like 300 subscribers at twenty dollars. Yeah. yeah. And it crashed. I was never able to get a dollar from that. Yeah. Right, right, right. So after this uh, crash, basically, after the crash with this, like, now what are you thinking? Because you said that's all you could think yeah. about was the girls going wild. So now it, it doesn't work. Right. But, it, but so, you learn so, so much. But I'm also doing the music, too, now. Right. Okay. So when it crashes, now I got 10 girls who I've got to entertain, provide, stabilize, and protect their energy and mind yeah. and spirit. Yeah, you know sometimes it just got to be too much, and I yeah. just and the music ended up taking off. Okay. So I I trans transitioned to the music, and I sent all I sent all the girls home. A couple right. of them stayed longer than most. <laughs> right, right. But a couple it, it dwindled had, down. Yeah, to them a couple leaving. girls had to get the, the, the damn police to get them out. Because <laughs> <laughs> they had nowhere to go. Like, yeah. you know, it wasn't that. They were just like like 
you know, like, cause they, I, I guess I can say, you know, they, they never been with a visionary yeah. that made them feel the way that I made them feel. You know what I'm saying? And empowered them the way that I did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then, cause, and even when they were there, you know, even though that it didn't, I didn't get a chance, opportunity to make no money. I still took care of everybody's livelihood. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They, they, they benefited because. You had to still hold up on your end, yeah. even though the uh, site exactly. didn't uh, pop off. You ever thought about starting that back up? Yeah, I have. Especially now. <laughs> that's what yeah, I'm that's saying. what I'm saying. Now it's Especially yeah. now, you know, because right now you got so many women out here, and it's crazy, man, that that needs an outlet. Yeah, and it's to the point to where is that they letting the lamest of the lame pimp them because they don't really have no outlet. And that's what you were saying about the vision. They still don't got no vision for what they want to do for this. Like what you're doing, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So you said the music is taking off. So when when BMB uh, when I originally began to see it, I think it was kind of like a PSA with you and Trick Trick, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It was Charlie Baltimore as well. Okay, yeah. okay, because it was a funny story, right? So Charlie, <laughs> because. What we do at the connection experience, connected experience, we always try to connect it back to why, like how we started, knowing who these people were. So I used to work at the car rental place, right? Mm -hmm. And um, every so often, Charlie Baltimore used to come in there, and the old ladies used to be like, "Yo, she rap. She say she used to. Uh, she from New York and all that." So I'm like, "Who the fuck could they possibly be talking about?" Right? You feel what I'm saying? Because I'm the young guy, and we used to rap. Mm -hmm. So when she came in, I'm like, "Oh yeah, she telling the truth. She used that was Biggie girlfriend right mm -hmm. at the end." Blah blah blah. And then they went like crazy, like, "Oh, he said he does know who you are," and blah blah blah. But ultimately, she was coming in there, and you was outside mm -hmm. because you, I used to see what you used to pull up there, and you used to be outside, and she used to come get the rentals, and then she told me like oh i'm doing some music out here blah 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 but we just never i never got a chance to get with her with the music but like she was she knew that they didn't know who they were she was and then when i actually knew she wasn't like happy but she was like i've been telling them for we every time i come <laughs> here so you know what i'm saying that's like our little connection to watching this whole bmb thing take off because okay. she said she was doing the music and it was trick trick and then it was all three of y'all mm -hmm. so how did you get those two? Oh, you know how you got with Trick. How did you get with Charlie Baltimore? Wow, it was a friend of mine by the name of Tino had went to New York, and he had met her. And from meeting her and talking to her, he was like, "Man, I got the perfect person for you." Yeah. And I really haven't started music yet, even though I knew Trick. Trick, I just came home. You know what I'm saying? I've probably been home six months. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I haven't really started music yet. So he, they, she ended up coming to Detroit, and I sat down with her after sitting down with her. I, I empathize and I, I empathize with her pain that she had of the game, but also with her passion that she still had for wanting to like. Yeah, because by this time it had been a long yeah, time, it's been a long and you time. can see that she still like wanted this for some reason. Yes, man. So with that being said, um, and with me feeling that the house we was actually sitting at, I made a studio in the basement in forty days. Yeah. And this is after the. This is a different house from the, the video house. Yes, it's different. Okay, house. so so you got a house equipped with cameras. And then she says she wanna rap, so now forty it. days later you got a, a studio. A studio house. Okay. Yeah, a real nice studio as well. Yeah. A real nice one. A lot of artists always uh be connected. You actually Grammy nominated? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. what song? We them boys. We them boys explain that because what you're talking about, you're talking about a Wiz Khalifa song. Yeah. And people wouldn't think that somebody from Detroit had something to do with a Wiz Khalifa song. So how did you actually get Grammy nominated for being a part of that record? Okay, wait. Well, um, we all know details from Detroit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's actually from my block. Yeah. You know, so I ended up hooking up with him. And 
during the during the time of hooking up with him, I, we have done several business situations, you know, and and he done several production for my artists, you know, Lil George at that time, yeah. you know, um, and I'm I, I just had a vision. I'm like, man, listen, you already got the whole industry wanting everything from you, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I got the resources that you need. You feel what I'm saying? Like, man, listen, we we don't need nobody else. Nigga, right. nigga, we them niggas. Like, we them niggas. You know what I mean? I, I promise you, we all we need. Yeah. That nigga took that shit right there as I said that. You know what I'm saying? It was just bobbing his motherfucking head. <laughs> I swear to God, two hours later, we them boys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I became a, to be a part of a writer on that. Because instead of saying we them niggas, he said we them boys. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. You know right. what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, that's real. And yeah. for people, when you say detail, detail is a producer. Uh, he been linked to Cash Money. I mean, he mm-hmm. done stuff for a lot of people. Yeah, he got mm-hmm. some major hits out there. He got some major hits. I didn't. I thought. I actually thought Detail was from Lansing for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but you say he's from the yeah, city. Yeah, he's from, so, When I met him, he was living on my block. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. But I mean, it's still Michigan. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So now you Grammy nominated. You putting together a record label. You getting that itch, right? Mm-hmm. So what artists do you see like? Cause you had little George. Who was your first artist that you was like? I think this artist could go there. Cash Pay. Yeah. Cash oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember yeah, Cash yeah. Pay was yeah. there. Yeah. I think Cash Pay was the first one. Then Breezy Coupon, All American, Free to Gas from Empire. Yeah. Yes. Now she was on Empire, and a lot of people like was coming at her after that. Like, mm-hmm. what what did you secure on her to make her say like I'm gonna come from Baltimore when all these major labels is barking at me now? Cause I'm not only rapping i'm on a, a hit tv show mm-hmm. like what kind of conversation did you have with her to make her feel like i'm gonna come from baltimore and rock with these detroit cats because them two whole another worlds and like everybody was coming at her like mm-hmm. that was like gold standard being on empire if you were the artist yeah. well what nobody didn't know prior to empire she had lived with me five years yeah. oh so this was already your yeah idea. she was living with me you yeah. know what i mean so we, we went to atlanta for something that i wanted it might have been a beast something happened in atlanta and because Charlie's from, from, from Philly, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And they end up talking. So yeah. she said she wanted to come up to do some music. Okay, I said, cool. You know what I'm saying? So when we asked me to get her up there, she never left. <laughs> so it'd be a running thing. Yeah, she, she never left. She ended up being my best fucking friend. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And my savior in a lot of the turmoil that was going on inside of my company. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because she was the only one who really kept it true. You know what I'm saying? She would never tell on nobody, but she would put me to the side and give me her opinion on how I should move according yeah. to what she seen. Yeah. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So she kept it 100 on both sides. With right, right. She ain't selling nobody out. Like, she ain't she selling just, nobody out. Yeah, you know just, what I'm yeah. saying? So with that being said, my respect for her is just out the roof. And I've been there for, what you know, without a contract, however she need me. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. You know so then, so, And her loyalty to me. Right. However I need her. Right. right. So when... So you was probably one of the first people she told she was she got the Empire gig then. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I think she ended up leaving from the the, the house out there. That's a goal. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Right, right, right. So it sounds like all your relationships with the music be so deep. But what I noticed is like y'all label do really good with youngsters, like mm-hmm. like kid stars, like hot and, and then y'all had adult stars, but mm-hmm. they just never be as big as the kids. Like so how do you see that? Like is it because of who that that they that they are kids? Mainly because kids they just want to have fun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Adults I could have been way more successful. We could have been the first QC out here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, as you know, when you level 
and a daughter, you know what I'm saying, and, and the power that they get, some of them ain't used to it. Especially an adult male. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Some Sometimes they're not used to it. So, you know, once you level them up, they got all these bright ideas and want to go against the grain that right. got them to where they at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's male or female, you know what I mean? And, and I'm going to blame all that on me. Okay. Because I didn't do no research on where their mental was at. Right. It's just like a relationship. You know what I'm saying? You got to always give a test to find out where you're at because you can be a jurist doctorate in, in a relationship and they can be in a fucking kindergarten. Right, and you right. won't find out until too late. pressure is applied. You're like, yeah. God damn, I thought I had a woman, but I got a little girl. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same with business. You know what I'm saying? You got to always give tests so you can find out where people are at mentally. So not to do away with them, but to bring see where they, they go. to yeah, bring their education they, yeah. up to par. Okay, this is how we're gonna do this thing. We at this level now, but when we get to this level, this is how it's supposed to be done. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm I'm telling you like just just like and I'm telling you like because if we do it this way, then we bring power to our city. Yeah. Right. Versus you going and attaching yourself to a major. Now you powerless. Yeah. And you didn't gave up everything. Then you just surrendered the power of the city as well. Right. You know, well, you could have been a staple piece. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So so what I did was when I seen I kept having problems with males, from Cash Down to Lil George to whoever, Cash Pay to whoever, when I started having problems, I said, you know what, man? I'm finna the shit I'm saying shit I did for them, I'm finna do for these kids. Yeah. Right. And it just it just worked. Yeah, they just blew the fucking kid because my system works. Yeah. I could blow anybody up. Yeah. Blind, deaf, and dumb. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My system works, man. So, you know, when I apply that to the kids, they just wanna have fun. There's no threat. The yeah. biggest threat that I got with my kids is don't want me to get in the swimming pool because I can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. No pressure at all. Yeah, I, no, I ain't getting into yeah, it. Right. Get a discussion. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, so we got a, uh, uh, one of our partners who was just on, uh, Young Rye, and he, uh, his daughter went viral one time, and he hey. told a story, and he said, like, when they was meeting with people, he said, but uh, Peanut, because that's what people call you, he said, Peanut called me and said, man, just come back to the crib. And uh, let's do it this way. And he said he gained so much respect from that because he's like he knew it wasn't like no motives. Mm -hmm. Like he's sitting with these people who just know his daughter from going viral. And when you noticed it was him, you said, "Well, just come back from the crib. Let's do it from the crib." And uh, what what type of what type of structure? would you want to have if because you said you would have been the first you could have been the first QC mm -hmm. what kind of structure do you want from the city an incubator do you want from the city with BMB being involved because you hear like you hear that his daughter in meetings and you say no just come home mm -hmm. and we can structure something here to make it look bigger but like how do you want BMB involved with these artists from the city um in any way it can to help further their career and their dreams right now by us having like some of the hottest artists that's on top in the top 10. Yeah. Right. The DJs can make a change and bring commerce to the city like it is in Atlanta. Yeah. But all they, but we can't get them to do it because they're more geared to break the artist's pockets or structure versus to break the music. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, like it's, you know, it, you would hear somebody hot, and then they'll fall off because they got to go get their money back up. Right, right, right. Because they spend their money on this one record. Yeah, you yeah. see what I'm saying? And they can't. And, and they're not generating no money after the so the, and, once the record dies, it's over. And 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 the DJs is not helping them because once the money gone, it's over. Yeah. And not saying that they, they don't actually pay them to. You know what I mean? No, I mean it costs to do. Yeah, you know, it's, it's business. It's just the cost yeah, of business. But but yeah. some of the things that they can do in the movement, they can they can leverage with just what they have to offer. Right. Right. So. Um, you don't have a concept of good or bad. No, it's not. It's all for direction. 
Right, right, right. No and such thing. It's just, when, um, when did you discover that about yourself? Man, probably when I was 19. When I had my turning point from, you know, uh, college to hard body streets. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had to, I had to realize a whole lot to be not only be able to transition to being on top of the game in a city like Detroit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I had to, I, had, I couldn't take it with no emotional sleeve. I had to take it from a thought process because I'm a little nigga. Yeah. Yes, I'm waiting but a hundred pounds soaking <laughs> wet. Yeah, at that time, you know what I'm saying? Right. I was shorter than I was. I am now. You know what I'm saying? And I don't got no crew. Right. It's just me. So I had to think. I couldn't every situation pull out the gun. You know what I mean? Or, or, right. or, or rally the guns up. You know what I mean? So, so I had to think. And then I got a family that's in the in the heart of the city and don't want to move. Yeah. Right, right. So I couldn't hit and miss. Yeah. Right, because, yeah, because it was the consequence. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I can lose my family. So now it forced me to think. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, like, I had to, like, every situation, I couldn't deal with it with emotions. I had, you know, okay, you know what? I'm just going to eat that. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to motivate differently. It's even a situation where I knew a guy who actually robbed me. But because how the situation was, I couldn't really address it that way. So what I do? I join, I, I become friends with the nigga, empower him, let him make two, three million, and I rob him back. <laughs> I know everything. I'm giving him the word. Right, right, You know right. what I'm saying? I know where the money going to be. I know when you know what I mean. I know all this. Right, right, yeah. right. So I haven't forgot. Right. But but by me, you know, I, by me, I'm using my brain. I have to do it that way. Right. I just can't run up over there, you know what I mean? Because he's, he's one of them niggas. He's one of them. Right. You know what I'm saying? I just can't run up over there, guns blazing. Somebody going to laugh. Yeah, you know somebody ain't gonna make yeah, it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what would what would Peanut today tell that 19 year old Peanut, knowing what you know right now, knowing how the game go turn out, knowing everything that you know now, what would you say if you got a chance to go back and just talk to him for like two minutes? Man, it's so different now, man. Like it, it's the World Wide Web, it's the Matrix. You know what I'm saying? It's all of that in one. You know what I'm saying? Um, I would say that, for one, you have to, it's a thinking game. It's not a game for bronze. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not a game for bronze, and it's a game of self. You know what I'm saying? Like, like even though you would want to have your partner, and you know what I'm saying, have your dude that make you feel comfortable, have your dude that make you laugh with you, it ain't that no more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have a buffer for a buffer for a buffer. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got to have about five buffers you know what I'm saying? Before it even touches you. You know what I mean? Because, uh, again, like, and I'm, I'm having a problem right now with a guy that was my closest friend. You know what I'm saying? When I decided to detach myself, is angry because I won't provide my friendship or my resources to further his man when he's his own man. Yeah. Allegedly. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So when he's forced to become his own man, instead of becoming his own man, he used all this energy to assassinate and attack me and trying to attach me to shit that I got nothing to do with. Right, right, right. So that, so, and that's what I'm trying to tell you. That's why you got to be, you know, you got to use a buffer for a buffer for a buffer and... Still hope it work out. And still hope it work out. You know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. it's, it's just not a situation for... The brawn no more. You got cameras on every corner, no, uh, you know now. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. So if you go to do a homicide, you gotta have the wig, the pumps. You gotta have all that shit on. You know what I'm saying. So the last yeah. thing they see is a girl running down the street. Right. right. <laughs> and these niggas got on wigs and pumps anyway. So right. Might as well put a gun in that purse that they carry. So long. <laughs> 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 
the book is called Living for the Sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. And you you just displayed so many uh, different times that you made sacrifices, even up to the point <coughs> where what you and your, uh, who you thought was a close homie, would be going through. Who sacrificed for Peanut? Um, my women. Yeah. My wives, man. And that's how they actually become my wife. Because, you know, the world is so selfish now. You know, the, the society got the program of everybody being on self-time. The world is so selfish. When a woman actually figures out, you know what I'm saying, and looks past herself to provide any kind of element or energy to support my man or to calm my man or to compliment my man or my movement, I automatically obligate myself to that woman. Yeah, if anybody right. know what a marriage is, it's just a form of obligation. Exactly. You know what exactly. I'm saying? So when they when they when they create that or provide that for me, I marry them. Right, right. And so you, you mentioned the word wife. So let's talk about how you feel like the importance of making sure that you're loved. Because mm-hmm. like you said, you sacrifice for everybody else. So you take on multiple wives. Like, mm-hmm. So let's let's discuss how important it is for you to feel like you're loved, which you've shown so much love to other people. It's, it's really not. You know, my mantra is it's just been that to make sure everybody's good. You know what I'm saying? And I, I understand, you know, more than ever how the government of my life, which is karma, has always prevailed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, my karma has trumped my faith. Yeah. Now, what now? Because you hear people use the word karma all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And karma is actually a Buddhist concept. Mm-hmm. So, do you subscribe to anything else in Buddhism, or are you just using the word karma because that's just the word that we use? No, that's just the word that we use, but I studied it all. Okay. Yeah. okay. So you actually understand yeah. karma because yeah. when you hear most people say karma, it comes from a bitter place and they say, you go get your karma. That's norm- normally nothing they want good for you. Right? Right. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. that's, out of 10, that's right. nothing they want good for you. So I was in a conversation with somebody and they told me that and I was like, yeah, but you're not a Buddhist. So why would mm-hmm. it matter? Right. And she was like, what? I said, how I'm going to get my karma? You're not a Buddhist. And right. she didn't even know that. That that it, it clicked. Like, people don't even know they're saying karma, and they don't even know that this is a Buddhist concept. You know what right. I'm saying? So now when you hear it and you say, yo, karma, I'll trump your faith, mm-hmm. you looking at karma as something that has to happen anyway, yeah. so it's not good or bad. Right. <laughs> so, and that comes from, come from the Buddhist Talbot. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But, but for the most part, there's two words that people don't understand. That's that word and then pride. Yeah. People... Think pride is always to destroy something. Right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? When it's actually created to protect. You know what I mean? Right. Break so, that down for Meaning, you know, like, you know how you, when we was coming up from basketball, you got to have pride, fellas. So yeah. what, what the coach ultimately wanted was us to protect I-0 and 0 record. Right. And not take a loss, but some some of us programmed it like we gotta go kill them, we gotta go kill them, we gotta go. But it's really not to kill; it's to really protect, to protect. protect. Yeah. So if we use pride from a protection standpoint more than an aggressive standpoint, you know what I'm saying? Then a lot of things when it comes to pride, your emotions like you will let go. You you let go. Like you be you beefing with your girlfriend, but you want to protect the relationship. But your pride. But your pride. You. If you yeah. talk to destroy some shit. It's been the killer. Right. Like, fuck you, bitch. I don't need you anyway. You know what right, I mean? right, right. But if you use pride from a protection standpoint, I've been loving this girl. I plan to be with her. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, baby, listen. I didn't mean to hurt you. If you think I hurt you, you know what I'm saying? I apologize. That, that wasn't my intent. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, the whole 
delivery is different. Right. right. So that's the same way we feel about the word motive and motivation. You right. know what I'm saying? Because anytime you hear somebody speak on a motive, it's never really positive. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. an ulterior motive. So we don't use the word like motivation. We, we use the word inspiration. Because right. you've never heard inspiration. You can't use inspiration in, in a bad, bad way. way. Yeah. <laughs> so like somebody will see you like, oh, peanut my motivation, which actually means they might have a level of hate for you somewhere right. mm -hmm. and they whole thing is I'm going to stun on him. But if he say, oh, that's my inspiration, I can only look at you in a light like I can learn something from Real this guy. Wise, I can do this from this. And uh, when we say that to people, if we don't explain it, they're like, no, no, they ain't like that. And I said, well, just use, tell me how somebody has inspired you in a negative way. Put that word in any negative way to change my mind. Because I can show you motive so many times that it's all negative, all mm -hmm. negative, all David, negative. David, when you were on trial for murder, was it a motive to kill that person? Right, so you we just never use motivation. We always inspire. We uh, stay inspired by a lot of different things, uh, a lot of different people, a lot of different things, and we just like to inspire others. Like even having you sitting here today, we talked about this with Sid. We talked about this when Sid had his artists on, right? Because we got a list and we got a list of people we want to interview, and one of our list is public, mm -hmm. and one of our list is private. Our private list we work on because we feel like when it's time to sit with these people, they've heard about us. That's mm -hmm. our private list. You gotta do your due diligence, like you said. You gotta have a buffer, like you said. Said just happened to be the buffer in this. We know said for a long time. Mm -hmm. We had him come bring his artists because just the platform, come bring Nisha, put Nisha on, mm -hmm. right? And while we do that, I say, we looking for these people too. We don't know y'all connection. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? We don't do it right away. Mm -hmm. We waited. And we always know if we're doing the right thing because people keep coming up in our life. I didn't know we was in the process of trying to get you on. We asked him about his daughter. He mentioned Peanut. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? We see stuff going on with artists in the city when they be in New York in certain situations. They mention Peanut, but we might be watching all of this stuff at the same time. Let's call it said it's time to hand that up here. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Because even with the, like living for the sacrifice, you sacrifice everything to see somebody else dream. And then you say the people who sacrifice for you are your wives. I practice polygamy also, mm -hmm. right? I don't believe in a monogamous concept either. And like sometimes me and my wife look that funny about that. Mm -hmm. But we look at you even funnier for thinking that you, you think about you to can be, be one person for the rest of your life, right? <laughs> and it was my wife, like my wife bring it to me, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you like you, you, you in that kind of mind space, other people can learn from you, and that's dope to me. Right. So like how do people, how do y'all like explain it? Because you know, especially with women, wherever you meet them at, then they got their own friends mm -hmm. and their friends like, girl, I could never. Like, how do y'all handle that? Wow. Um, honestly, we, we kind of like just allow people to be whoever they are and, and, and whatever they believe, you know. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, um, I, by me living outside of myself and been living outside of myself, you know, from the very beginning, I just felt like I was different. You know what I'm saying? I felt like I wasn't supposed to be in a relationship anyway. From the jump. Yeah, from right. the jump. You know what I'm saying? Because how I'm living and how I'm living will always compromise today's traditional marriage. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? So with me knowing how I may have to sacrifice myself, you know what I'm saying? To save a soul, to support a soul, to engage a soul. Because most women, you know, when you when you engage with them, the only way they think they can repay you or Bad situation out is to give you themselves. Right. And sometimes when you when you don't, you know, I'm, I'm cool, baby. We don't got to do that. Everything yeah. that you just taught them, everything that y'all building, 
know what I'm saying, with can be destroyed because they feel like, nah, they I'm pride. They, yeah, they they're prideful from yeah, a different standpoint. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm not worth it. I'm not worth it. No, but it's not it. You are worth it. That's why, That's I'm, why I'm not doing it. Yeah, you, you, you understand what I'm saying? So, you know, I want to preserve what we are creating. Right. You know what I'm saying? And protect that. You know what I mean? So, so from my wife understanding that and understanding that, you know what I'm saying, my purpose for engaging is actually for purpose. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She She's at peace with it. Now, not only is she at peace with it, if it's anybody that she encounter that feels like that needs my support of my essence, yeah, she introduce me. introduce me. You right, know what I mean? Right, right. So and, the level, so that's first of all, that's like God. Level. I think the black woman God, right? Mm -hmm. But that's my whole thinking. Like mm -hmm. you can't get a strong black man to this earth without a black woman, yeah. no matter what. So like that's my concept of black woman is God, right? Mm -hmm. So when when she bring people to you, how do they react? Because, like, that's unheard of in a traditional sense of the word. Like, mm -hmm. his wife know him well enough to know that he can help somebody else in this capacity. Mm -hmm. Like, do they be thinking, like, what, what, like, you encountered this before. Like, what was, like, the initial thought? Like, this can't be real. That's the initial thought. Like, this can't be real. This can't be true. Like, I know you're not going to let me. You know, they think of the lowest part of yes, a relationship. Man. You know why? Because cause so many people think that sex is the end all be all of your marriage, yeah. your relationship. Like I told my wife, I'm married and me and my wife don't practice polygamy, but mm -hmm. we not ready for it. She's not ready for that. That's a conversation. Like, I'm not sure I'm ready for it. You, you know what I'm saying? Though? I'm not go. But it's like I told her. More people get divorced because of finances than sex, mm -hmm. period. Oh, that like a dude will let so much go if his wife can bring in some money or whatever and mm -hmm. whatever. But once the money gone, the sex ain't going to be the same. No way. But people put so much emphasis on sex. And that's like the least of it because your your body over time, you're going to get, oh, sex is going to fade out and you still going to be stuck with this person in a sense way longer. So I'm like, yo. We'll fall out on finances before sex because if a motherfucker ain't pulling a whatever the agreement is, if you stop pulling your load, your, your, your end of the bargain, then it's a financial thing. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Or because if the husband ain't providing, it's a financial thing. You always hear these girls say, well, I never go half with a nigga and blah, blah, blah. You don't always got to go half. You just got to provide something. If you take care of the household 100% because I'm providing the finances, if I stop providing the finances... You go stop taking care of the household, mm -hmm. but everybody puts sex at the top, and that's when people, when people hear you say wives, they automatically think y'all all interact, whether y'all do or not. That's the first thing they think, mm -hmm. or they all automatically think that it's sexual, and it's not. You know what I'm saying? Right. One wife might feed my intellectual side. One wife might be able to cook better. One wife might be able to bear kids. The other mm -hmm. ones can't, because we come from a Muslim background at some point, and I seen where it all made sense because I had a neighbor. And he had multiple wives, and one of the wives didn't want to have no more kids, and the other one did. That worked perfect for them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ain't no pressure on her. She could have the kids. So we understand the concept of multiple wives. But you were actually going to go on TV with this concept. Whatever mm -hmm. happened with that? Um, I ended up catching the gun case. You know what I'm saying? And uh, from the gun case, it, it was also some other things. Uh, Charlie was kind of like mad at me because I started dealing with uh, my second wife, which they ended up getting into a fight. So when they got into a fight, you know, her no, nose, physical altercation, physical altercation, you know, she broke her nose, broke her finger. She was, she, she kind of messed her up pretty bad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when I started back dealing with her, the beating that she took from her, Charlie said, I did it. So by it being on Lifetime, 
lifetime and going for the for, man. For, for the, the domestic violence. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I think so, I remember that. That was in the news, right? Yeah, that was yeah they news. tried to make like a big story out yeah. of it. Like, they just be around here beating women. So. Yeah, so so they wanted to wait till my case is over with so they can actually see that I'm actually not a woman beater, no charges. I've been not been convicted of it. You right, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm going up for December 5th, my case. Oh, this so is still going on to the day. It's still going on to the day. So the show is actually, they just it, it, waiting it, to press play. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But outside of that, I've gotten released far as like because they had an exclusive rights on me so i got the exclusive the exclusivity off of me and it's actually more people that's gonna do a movie on me now oh, oh a future film yeah okay future so film. uh you mentioned like uh charlie baltimore right mm -hmm. so it's been a couple times like in the industry uh on major platforms your name came up and one was with choke no joke mm -hmm. on the breakfast club mm -hmm. this now this years ago and i seen you on choke live so i would imagine there's no bad blood mm -hmm. but choke painted a picture of you that basically had him afraid to tell you that he was no longer wanting to work with you and he bet he said basically his cousin charlie baltimore yeah so how did y'all repair your relationship um we, we just, we end up seeing each other somewhere and we talked. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I told him, I say, man, I say, I'm with this woman every day, every night. Yeah. I know what she's capable of. I know when she's telling the truth. I know what she ain't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing that she could have done to, to, to promote me or to, you know, geek me up to hurt you. Yeah. Right, right. You understand what I'm saying? Because there's nothing that you can actually do to hurt me. Right, right, right. You understand know what I'm saying? You, right. I mean, you run around with a camera, you ain't, we ain't doing no street shit. You know right, what I'm saying? I met you as a yeah, cameraman. You, know what I'm saying? you can hurt me, but emotionally, I'm supposed to kill you behind that. Right, right, right. You right. understand what I'm saying? Like, if I'm supposed to be there, I'm supposed to be alive my goddamn self. Right. You feel what I'm saying? So I'm just letting him know. That's so why I let him know. I say, man, I never had no intent to hurt you, man. You know what I'm saying? Although she felt like we was getting too close, you know what I'm saying? She wanted to separate it. Yeah. It worked on you. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. The play worked on Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because, you know, when... Because his pride wouldn't allow him to ask yeah, what was going and, on. And to communicate. <laughs> right. You feel what I'm right. saying? So, when that happened, he, I just woke up and he was gone. And, and it was funny because he, <laughs> he, he called one of my street friends. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, Charlie had then told him that, oh, he gonna kill you, nigga. He gonna kill you, nigga. I ain't never said nothing else. <laughs> nothing like that. So, when he do the research... You know what I'm saying? And, my, and the friend that he talked to, and he said, yeah, he, 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 uh, Charlie said he said he gonna kill you. Listen, if that nigga said he gonna kill you, he gonna kill you. Yeah, right. So <laughs> he like, oh shit, man, I gotta get man, the fuck Choke was no, like, Choke was gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but like I said, I saw you in this live recently. Yeah, that's my so, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. So next time you're in the city, you gotta get him up here. Yeah. Choke got a, an interesting perspective. So and then another time, like, uh, Benny Siegel wore a BMB hat. Mm -hmm. at the, uh, I guess this would be like the height of his return. Mm-hmm. What whatever happened with that situation? Because um, even though we like don't didn't know you at the time and mm -hmm. shit like that, that was big for us because like we said, like it was like becoming like this is a major record label in the city of Detroit, right. and he up there, he definitely not from Detroit, right? And he got on the BMB hat, so the mm -hmm. niggas who knew knew. You right. feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like, what happened with that situation? There's a lot of things that happened, man. One is right hand man that took ill. I forgot, I forgot his name. What's the other one that took? Freeway, freeway, freeway got sick. Yeah. Freeway got sick. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you know, like freeway got sick. He was going through something with his family. You know what I'm saying? And and, and he, you know, people evolve. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So from that, he just wanted to just spend time with his kid. That was his most therapeutic thing that would help him was him fucking with his kids. Right. You know what I'm saying? So with him investing time in his kids, he just stayed there until he felt like he was healed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So and then he had a little problem with me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So. 
Like he just wanted to step away from anything that can possibly create a negativity in his life. Right. And just only focus on things that would guarantee him, you know what I'm saying, a, a positive outcome. Okay. And that was his kids. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So he just took a back seat and just started messing with his family. And he's back on it now. You know what I'm saying? We've been talking recently. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Directly and indirectly to billions. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Which is his cousin from Detroit, which is yeah. how I met him. That's a small world because I never knew that. And billions used to be on fire when he came to the promotions back in the yeah. day. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Mm. So what's next for BMB? What's next? Hold for on, before uh, we, let's do this. Uh, so we're gonna ask you two questions. We're gonna ask you the worst advice you ever received. Worst advice I've ever received. Um, what the fuck would that be? Somebody telling me to hire him and don't really possess the resources, <laughs> motherfucking helping nigga for real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But but no, honestly, like the worst the worst advice I've ever seen from a, a company perspective. No, no, no. In general. Just, oh, in general? Yeah, like, yeah, just the worst advice. Like, when you sit back and think about it, like, that was the worst. Oh, my grandmother. Like, every time I go to her with a situation, the first thing she would say is kill him. Is this your dad's mom? Is this your dad's mom? This is my dad's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. care. No, I, man, listen, man, for the first, like, six months of me getting in the game, I can go to her about anything. Kill him, motherfucker. <laughs> that's the first thing she say, man. So like, being a hit person is obviously that's in the blood. <laughs> so, yeah, that's in the blood. That's in the blood. So on the opposite end of that, what would be the best advice that you can say that you received in life? Um, to which is I got from my dad when I was like fifteen. He sent me a, a book called A Game of Life of How to Play it by Florence Goble Shan, and he said, "Pay attention to people." Because people was the only thing in this world that don't change. You might different shades, different sizes, different colors, but you always went to the same person twice. That's crazy. So if you pay attention to them well enough the first time, you know what I'm saying? When you meet them the second time, it might not be the same exact person. But you know the type of person. The characteristics yeah. and the aura emitting from the person's energy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It'll let you know that it's the same person. Yeah. So all I got to do is pull your roller dicks out on that first person that this person we made you remind you of. And you control the tempo of the relationship. Right. And I used to uh, be in supervision at work, and I always tell my brother, I only managed five type of people, but I've managed a lot of people, but they only come in five types. Right. And I never read that book. I didn't know that book. Uh, we make sure we get that. I never even knew that book existed, but I just, from dealing with people, like, it, these are the only type of niggas it is. So it don't matter if wherever I go, wherever mm -hmm. I change, you know what I mean? I, right now, I do union work, same thing, mm -hmm. same type of people. One of the five. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, uh, we appreciate your time, man. Tell people how they can get in contact with you. Man, y'all can get in contact with me on Instagram at Mr. BMB Records, uh, Twitter, BMB Entertainment Group, um, uh, Facebook, Brian Brown. Um, outside of that, BMB, uh, www.bmbempire.com. What, and what, what can we expect next from BMB uh, as far as music? As um, far as music, I'm really just focusing on these kids, but I'm going to go hard with Stewie. I'm, not, I'm certain everybody knows Stewie, the, the host from 107.5, which is no longer. Um, by him actually having this extra freedom, you know what I'm saying, and, and the respect that he has for understanding what it means to actually create a real movement of unity and loyalty and love, we finna go hard with Stewie. So be expecting Stewie to do something great. Okay. Uh, what about you, bro? Where can they contact us? 
Uh, they can contact us on Twitter and uh, Instagram at TCE Pod. TCE Pod. Yo, what if they want to hit you and tell you how much they like the show? Uh, PR at TCOHH dot org. That's PR at TCOHH dot org. I'm SJ. Uh, hold on, hold on. You want to say something? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, I'll also, if anybody's uh, that's out there from from the young, that's uh, that's that's any kind of influences. I'm gonna do an influence tour with my youngins. You know what I'm saying? Brooklyn Queen. Um, um, probably Q9 too. You know what I'm saying? But it's gonna be like an influencing tour with like YouTubers and dancers, etc. Yeah. Now, uh, right before we close <clears throat> this, you since you work with the children, anybody been on? Uh, damn, I thought I loved that shit. The rap game. Um, no, not, not none of my ex, but damn near all of their friends are that, that communicate yeah. with. Yeah, because I be seeing Brooklyn and what's my young baby name from the A? Got the colored dreads. I think what's that nigga name? Is my his manager? I can't oh, think no. of his name. My daughter used to like. Mm-hmm. He, she was he was like one of her favorites. Uh, oh, and speaking of the book, Living for the Sacrifice, no, it's only one left on Amazon right now. So <laughs> I, you know, so I can't order yours. I got you. Yeah, yeah. So if you can autograph them, because like I said, we they keepsakes for us, man. Like we okay. go read them, put them in the library. Put them in the library. Like uh, we actually had Jay Prince up here when he was here. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I will put this interview along the same lines of respect as uh, with a Jay Prince. You know what I'm saying? Because we're familiar with the backstory. Can't wait for the movie, documentaries, or whatever you go do. If you mm-hmm. this is your platform, our platform is yours now. So anybody that you got on the label that you want to have come through, any artists that's coming through the city, and you like, hey, y'all need some press, you connect us, connect with us through said, you, mm-hmm. you can get them up here because it's not a problem. Because we actually have a concept that we live by. I'm SJ. I'm AJ. I want for my brother what I want for myself. Okay.